Hello and welcome to Bored and Sassy. I'm Val. And I'm Sam. And we're here to bring you Disney news, discussion, and opinions with a sassy, grown-up bent. Today we're going to talk about The Incredibles, things to do outside of the parks, and more silly shit in Disney films. first topic today is The Incredibles, and I just want to talk about it because it's the best fucking movie ever. Would you say it's incredible? Oh my god. <laughs> That's... Uh. So I was watching The Incredibles last weekend, and like it was on Freeform, and I just turned it on like I often do, and I realized that it's just a really comfortable film for me. Like it makes me happy, and I feel good when I'm watching it, and it's funny, and it's also like it's charming and I really like the characters and the animation, even though it's older, doesn't like bug me. Like it doesn't, it hasn't aged like, you know, like a bug's life or something, which is older, but. So it's interesting. I think I really like the film, but I think you like it more than I do. Yeah, I think I do. Um, because like there are film. some things. Yeah. In your mind, For it's me. a perfect film. Yep. Um, for me there, it, it has aged pretty well, but there are a couple things that still kind of like, like what? in the anime, like the faces, like not of the main characters, but like of the police officers. The faces of the police, <laughs> police officers, officers are terrible. Like they're yeah, like, that's fair. no offense to the animators. It's a it's a product of its time, but they just look kind of like I don't know, like paper mache faces yeah or they look a little I don't know. weird there's a there's something janky about them That's that fair. bugs me that reminds me of the toy story faces um yeah that are yep that have super not aged well mm -hmm. because i mean they weren't the focus the yeah. humans weren't the focus of the movie yeah no fair um but also unfair and it's the best movie <laughs> um it is a very good film and from the perspective of like the way the story is presented and sort of the, the, the manner in which it is, it is told and shown. Um, I think it's really compelling. And I think that for me, you know, me Val pacing is everything in films. Yeah. Like you can have the most incredible action sequences and a great story, but if your pacing is messed up, then I come away dissatisfied because it didn't build up right. And it didn't, you know, resolve right. And the Incredibles does a great job of building up just right and resolving just right in some really exciting ways. Yeah. It's it's also just really good at getting you into the universe. Like it's it it does the job of like here's an intro of what it used to be like and then here like it does the exposition piece in a, in a fun and interesting way. Um and then it kind of gives you the like knocks Mr. Incredible down a couple pegs from being this like kind of cocky I do what I want type to like oh fuck my life sucks because I work in an office it's basically what I've always likened it to is Watchmen for kids because it's it's not going through the same sort of points about the world that Watchmen does but it does the whole um superheroes are bad now and you have to be underground and like it where Watchmen is really gritty and like violent um the incredibles it doesn't do that but it does reckon in the same way with what do we do with superheroes when you know the public of of 
general normal civilians without powers starts getting upset about collateral damage. And the way that they present this, I, I agree completely, the, the way that they present this is really clever in that they show Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl doing their thing in their prime and then getting married like it's just all of the positives, like easily identifiable positives of here's someone who has fame and respect and is doing something that they love and, you know, they're both of them are getting married to someone Clearly that they're excited they about. Like it's, it's, it's great. And then that gets knocked down and, uh, the, the transition of Elastigirl to stay at home mom is it not hurts. so bad. It hurts me. It hurts. My soul. It hurts. <laughs> but she's doing pretty well because she is, she is the the core of that family. She like she cares so much about her family that she genuinely is happy even if the circumstances aren't great. The transition from Mr. Incredible to hates his desk job Bob is like he's miserable. He he like is not really comfortable being a dad other than the fun parts. He's kind of your stereotypical, like, not a great dad, even though, yeah, he's a great dad. Um, and also really dissatisfied with his life not being a superhero. Um, and the way that they present that, it's like, I don't remember exactly how the sequence plays out in the film, but it goes straight from them being, you know, at their wedding and all of that, um, to him just being like miserable cube junkie. Yeah, it and, does the it does the newspaper sequence. Right, is what it does yeah. is it, oh, Mister Incredible sued, blah blah blah. Superheroes aren't wanted. There's a clip of a woman, a legislator of some kind, saying that they should. They're you know it's time for their secret identity to become their only identity, and then right, they legislate right. them out of existence. And but where are all these people now? And that's when it goes to like their normal life. And all of the point of all of this has been that Helen Parr is clearly far stronger than Robert Parr and she's a better fucking superhero. I mean, she adjusts, she adjusts and he can't, he can't. And she was, which we learn in the second film. So I suppose that way, but like in the second film, we learn she had a bike. She was well respected. She like, she was at the top of, like she says at the beginning, I'm at the top of my game. You know, like that's, she is just as up there as he is. She could operate independently. She does operate independently. They don't operate as a family or as an engaged couple. They tend to run into each other, but operate on their own. But when he has to come down from that fucking pedestal, he can't do it. He's actively failing. He hates himself. They dumb his coloration down and everything. And Helen's just like, you know what? Three, three kids, housewife, keeping everything clean, doing everything, like probably paying all the bills because Bob's fucking miserable from work and just goes into his office at night to fap over the past. Like she holds everything together, even though she also had to give up this incredibly fulfilling superhero life. Right. She gave up as much or more, um, definitely more if you account for the uh, emotional labor of uh, taking on all of the responsibilities of the family because pew, pew. she's not engaged. Yep. Um, but 
But yeah, actually, it's interesting you say they they muted his colors. They also changed completely the way that they animated his face. Yep. Um, and in in such a, a well done way that like it's almost not the same character. It's almost at like all. a scale, like it feels like he's tight and and like very animated and excited, and his eyebrows are always a little up. And it feels almost like they they pulled his scalp forward, like they right, like and then they just squished like froze it in his face a little something. and froze yeah. it there. And he's yeah. always like he just always looks slightly miserable. But to your point, um, I think that a hot take here. Helen's obviously the protagonist of this film. Um, I think that Bob is the person driving the obstacle that has to be overcome in the film. But she's ultimately the one that is you know being presented with a challenge and solving it. Like, he he doesn't solve the problem. I mean, the whole family does, to some degree, because people need to pitch in. Um, but on the, on the you know, the grand, in the grand scheme of things, like, he caused more problems in that than he solved. I don't know. That's probably true. What you think. I'm really not good at analysis of yeah. films. Like, I, mean, I watch movies and then I'm like, cool, that was a movie and I liked it. <laughs> um, I, I don't do a good job of analyzing these particular patterns, but it does feel like he tries to be the protagonist because he thinks of himself as the protagonist. Right. And in the end, it comes down to Helen coming to save his ass. You know, I mean, granted, there's the argument to be made that if she hadn't hit the homing beacon, then he wouldn't have needed his ass to be saved. But, right. But she comes. That was also him trains. True. She comes to save his ass and um and it it they're they they work as a family together uh to defeat things that he could not defeat himself that were specifically designed to kill him. So I think it's um I think you're right there in that like Helen sort of does overtake some. And then the second film they kind of flip it on its head where she's the one who's really the like supposed to be the protagonist and it's all about her but that's where again you see just how much she gave up to go be a housewife and i'm not saying that in the like whichever wave of feminism it was that meant that thoughts being a stay-at-home mom was bad because i don't think that being staying a stay-at-home mom is bad what i'm saying is helen parr's personality type was demonstrated to us at the beginning of the film to not be one that was looking for that out of life. Right. She's a she's a go-getter. She's a rock star. Yeah. And she is funneling those thing, things towards her family succeeding because and she's that's fucking what she needs good to at do. It. That's what she needs to she's do. She's real good that's at it. That's not the life she chose. That's just how things ended up. Well, being, I think it, you know? I think she did choose it too. Yeah. Like I think I mean, she I chose to true. stay home right. with she, the kids. She chose be, to have children. Right. She chose but, to have you know. kids, but but I think she did, you know, there was that acknowledgement of like, yeah, you know, I'm going to be, um, Bob's going to go work and I'll stay home with the kids. And she was able to pivot where she found her fulfillment to that. And Bob just was not. Right. Like many men. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's not get into that. Um, but it, it it's just something with. I don't, I mean, I've seen the film a lot of times, so that's part of why it's really comfortable for me. But there's just like. There's just enough joking and enough feeling still there that I still, like every time I watch it, I still have a lot of just good feelings between the like pulling out emotions kind of feelings and the laughter. And like every single time India Golf Niner Niner is buddy spiked, 
you know, and she like she notifies she's yelling there are children on this plane every yeah. single time I tear up. Every yeah, time. Abort, abort, abort. And I'm just like, oh God, oh God. And like and but they have those moments and then they give you, you know, the silliness in the next shot of her turning into a parachute. Like right. they balance the emotions really well. And I do wonder if part of it is the Brad Bird effect, because basically as I I think I mentioned it in the last episode that I had come across this article about um I may not have, but about... I think uh, you did. Yeah, about like how he basically assembled a team of misfits. And I wonder if that's part of it. Is it like it's Brad Bird who does cool shit himself and then he assembled this team of like slightly less typical Disney folks. And I love Disney animated films. It's not that I love it because it's different, but um, it, there's just something in the storytelling that really gets me. Well, and there's there's an incredible amount of balance, which is sort of, you know, playing off of what you were getting at there. There are, I, I struggle really heavily with, like, anxious moments in film and in television. Oh, yeah, Where things just get too uncomfortable and I just want to, like, I just want them to move on so that we can get on to the resolution rather than just, like, digging deeper at the, at the you know, anxiety-inducing discomfort of a, of a, you know, bad scene or something. Um, and this film does the right amount of, you know, apprehension building in the, like, Bob's screwing up and is not being honest with his family about what he's doing. And then also, like, ooh, there's the extra zing of, like, oh, there's a woman in there who's, like, right. kind of got a thing. And you're just like, oh, no, please don't. And then right as you're starting to get really concerned about that, um, before it can just, like, go way over the line... Uh, you start to get resolution or it goes to something a little bit more lighthearted. And so you're not just sort of stuck as a ball of anxiety for the first half of the film and then get to see it resolved. It's all spread out and balanced in really nice ways so that you get this this nice continuous story with buildup, but without it, you know, really becoming uncomfortable. Yeah. I think the aesthetic is part of it too for me where like it feels like that sort of retrofuturism thing where like, what the fifties thought the eighties would be like or something. Like it's absolutely, it's that kind of thing where the tech and you see, again, you see it in the second film with the kind of like high speed train that looks like a monorail type of deal. And like everything is just that sort of perfect, like fifties polished, Again, retrofuturism. Well, the, the robot. Like. The robot is like you know another take on a war of the world. War of the world, exactly. So, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely. It's just a comfy, yeah. even the aesthetics. Like I just, I'm like, oh, this feels nice. I like it a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And and actually, another thing that I I definitely want to give it credit for is um, action sequences. Definitely don't make a film, especially not um, not this type of film. Um, but the action sequences are really good in that they don't. I, I know it's animation, so you don't really have to abuse fast cut if you're, you know, kind of stuck with whatever footage you have. But that's still kind of true, especially in the era of, um, of, of animation that this came from, where render time is a big barrier. So you can't just say, oh, let's go re-render that whole scene because I didn't like the way it came out. You kind of have to edit what you got as if you were filming something, um, you know, live action. Um, and so... They managed to do a really good job of showing the action in such a way that isn't, at least in my opinion, like motion sickness inducing and where you can track everything that's going on. And it really draws your attention to the really cool moments in the action, which is something that I feel like a lot of contemporary action 
sequences don't do well is it's so it's so wild and cut so quickly yeah. and you know they they end up putting it all together but by the end of an action sequence i'm just tired of looking at at so much fast moving stuff that i miss the cool stuff yeah um but the way that they did it in this film is like you know every uh you know use of power you know use of someone's powers is highlighted and and demonstrated in a in a really cool way i think yeah like it a whole bunch this was just an excuse to talk about The Incredibles. Yeah, I this was just, just really a let's gush about The Incredibles. Please, if you also love The Incredibles, then tell us. Validate us. If you us. don't like The Incredibles, <laughs> I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I'd be curious to hear why you don't like The Incredibles. If Sam you don't like would the be curious to hear why you don't I'm not like gonna The Incredibles. But I'm not going to tell Val. Don't worry. Val, Val will ignore you for the rest of our natural lives. Just kidding. Our next topic is things to do outside of the parks. This comes from our friend Sarah Beth. Um, <laughs> Gee. <laughs> wow. Um, Sarah Beth asked uh, about things to do outside of the parks. Um, my biggest, you know, I, I jotted down a few different suggestions. Um, those being resort hopping, um, Disney Springs, and I jokingly wrote, ride the monorail in circles because I really like the monorail despite being afraid of heights. Um, the one I want to spend some time on because I think it's a little bit less obvious than like the Disney Springs one because um, it's Disney Springs. There's places to eat and places to shop and places to walk around and take some boats um, is the resort hopping piece. Absolutely. So what's cool about now, this really applies, especially for folks who are not annual pass holders. We're annual pass holders. So we can just go to a park. Even if we get there late one night, we could always just like go to a late night park if it was open. Um, but if you are not an AP and you've bought four days of tickets and you get in late one night, um, you know, what can you do in the meantime? And by late, I mean like, you know, late enough that you wouldn't have wanted to spend a hundred some odd dollars to go to a park. Right. Especially um, if it happens to be a day where, you know, the parks that you like most are closing yeah. early or, yeah. or something, you know? Um, so one of the easiest ways to do some sort of spending time in resort stuff is obviously to go towards the magic kingdom and do the monorail resorts. You could always go to the contemporary where you can go to California grill and actually see the fireworks. If you get a reservation for the right time or, I think if you get a reservation like at all in the evening, they'll let you come back basically um, for the fireworks. But um, you can also obviously wander around. All of the resorts have gift shops. Um, The Grand Floridian, similarly, you can wander around there. You can eat at, there's Narcoosie's. Is Victorian Alberts there? I think it is, but that's Um, the one that's like a zillion dollars and super fancy. Um, And they have gift shops that I've only seen in vlogs because admittedly contemporary and Grand Floridian are not the ones we hang out at. Um, but the Grand Floridian has like really nice, um, like soaps and stuff. Like they've got fancy shops inside of it. Um, and it's really gorgeous, but the place I'm going to tell anyone to go if they ask for what to do outside of the parks is the Polynesian because it's, it's really immersive in a way that some of the other resorts I find not to be. It's part of why we like Port Orleans Riverside because it's sort of like a, cheaper version of the Polynesian where there are trees and you feel really transported to somewhere else. But the Polynesian where you feel transported to is at least the, you know, someone's brain's idea of the South seas. I can't say not having been there. 
So if you haven't actually been to the Polynesian, uh, especially at night, mm. they light up all of the torches. Mm-hmm. So walking around outside, um, there's, you know, usually like a fair bit of breeze and there are just these torches yeah, like blowing in the, the wind. Um, there's a uh, beach. Um, you can go walk around on the beach if you want to or just along the beach. There's a lot of, of good path right along the water. Yeah, so you don't uh, have to get Polynesian. sand all in your shit. Exactly. Um, you cannot go in the pools of resorts you're not staying at. That's a thing. They yep. magic band gated all of them. Yeah, um, well, they the uh, especially the cool. deluxe resorts. Yeah, but even our, even, I think even the lower. No, I, I don't think Riverside has. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah never, it's, mind, it's, never I think it's only, it's, it's especially at the deluxe resorts and yeah. especially the side pools. Yeah. And but. the Polynesian is like very, like, even just looking at the pool there, it's cool because it's just really oh, yeah. well themed. Um, there's Pineapple Lanai there where you can get a Dole Whip. There are great restaurants in Kona Cafe. Obviously, Ohana, everyone goes to Ohana. We've gone to Kona like two, has it only been twice so far? It's only been twice. Yeah, it's only been um, twice. Really good food. They've rotated the menu since the first time we went there. Still really good food. You can um, maybe get the bread pudding from Ohana. Um, but it's also just like a more chill um, restaurant experience than many. Also, this is not really a, a big factor for me and Val so much, but um, the bars at some of these places, like oh, Trader, yeah, Trader Sam's, Sam's is stuff. really cool. Yeah, we stayed there busy, for a but... fucking honeymoon, and I was like, this is the time we'll finally go to Trader <laughs> Sam's. Literally could have fucking walked there in like four minutes from our room and still didn't do it. Yep. We were there for like eight days. God. Um, but it is it it is really cool to walk around. You can walk around towards where the luau is. Like, it's a, it's a big area. Again, you can walk along the lagoon, and actually you can walk... Um, from the Polynesian over to the Grand Floridian. It's a really nice path. Also, that's a good point. The Luau, you don't need park tickets to go to the Luau. Oh, yeah, so you can just go to the, the Luau. Luau the yeah. night that you're arriving. Yeah. That would be, a, and, it, and it is, it's not just dinner. It's dinner and a show. It's a and fun it's show. it's a really cool show. Yeah, it's just, it's a cool show. It's, it's, it's not the cheapest event, but no, that's really like the only downside. Corny family edu- uh, education, entertainment. Yeah, entertainment, but it's, yep. Um, but it's, it's cute, um, and we really liked the food. Um, I would do that again. We should book that again if okay. for no other reason just to have an excuse to go back. Yeah, there. well, and we eat, honestly, like, we've also just, like, even just waiting outside of the front of the Polynesian for a minivan back to our resort, like, just sitting out by the front there, there's, like, I think there's a, a you know, torch out there and then there's a nice little mini water feature with some bromeliads and a bunch of greenery. It's just a nice spot to sit. So one word of warning, Val is also saying this through the lens of double nostalgia and that Look. this was the resort that she stayed at at her only Disney trip of her childhood and then also the resort where we stayed during our honeymoon. But that said, I think it still probably holds up for people that don't have the nostalgia factor no, because it's, amazing. it's it's the coolest. And it's you can just go walk resort. through like if you walk through the great ceremonial house like they don't have the gigantic fountain that they used to have. I, you know, am still sad about it. Will forever be sad about it. But I will say it is nice that there's a lot of seating in that lobby now. Yeah. So I get it. Um, still mad. Rip fountain. <laughs> um, but what's cool is there is a little, the little Maui feature there. Um, and there's also just a ton if you go up to the next level, up the giant carpeted stairs, um, you can look up at all, there's all of these like hanging glass, like wound in rope features. Like it's just a visually interesting building in there. 
And then every building around, like just go look at the different buildings, go stroll around. It smells nice. It's, it just feels like you went to a tropical paradise. Also, I think we mentioned this in the last episode, but watch the fireworks from there. It's a really cool spot. Yeah. Or the electrical water pageant. Or the electrical water pageant. So, um, so other than the Polynesian, there are some other resorts that are definitely worth visiting just to visit them too. Like, uh, there's, um, I'm trying to remember what I was thinking. Oh, well, obviously, if you go eat at Boma, I was gonna um, say Animal really Kingdom Lodge, yeah, to go to Animal Kingdom yep, Lodge, yep. but and also, we haven't explored it a it's ton, a but Boma cool big space, and you can just sort of like peek out the side. Like, it's a, yeah. I don't know, it's it's kind of cool to go see those spaces too, because when you're looking at websites trying to figure out which place you're gonna book next or something you're never really going to have a good sense of what the experience of being there is like unless you go ahead and make the excuse to go visit. So also go and ask to see a room. It's yeah. actually kind of fun to just they might go have, see different And they rooms. might not have any available. That's what happened right. when we went to see the Grand Floridian. But um, it's, again, cool to walk around the lobbies of these places. The Grand Floridian lobby is really cool. Animal Kingdom Lodge, Sometimes I remember. piano, I think, in the Yeah, there's, in the piano, Grand Flor- there's a pianist Floridian. playing. Or uh, like other... You know, like quartets or something too, even. Yeah. Um, there's the animal kingdom lodge. I remember thinking it was cool when we went into like the lobby area yep. or whatever. Um, there are, I mean, honestly go to any of the resorts. They all have cool things about them except Coronado spring. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just don't like that. <laughs> one as, yoink, I just don't like that one as much, but there are like, it isn't, it, it, that's a good point too, where like you can go like Port Orleans Riverside has a really lovely little relatively quiet bar that we spent some time at. Well, and, um, and also the, in December. the I was just going to say, um, some of the, like, especially the moderate resorts usually have their like sort of dining hall cafeteria style restaurant and then a nicer, and then a nicer restaurant. restaurant. Yeah. And those nicer restaurants, the one at Riverside has really good food. Yeah. Boatwright's. Yeah. Boatwright's yeah. dining hall. Oh <laughs> yeah. It's funny because it's good. not the dining yeah, hall style not. one, but you know what I mean? But it um, is, it's there, there's that. And then there's like the, the little bar there as well, yep. that just like has some leather couches and you can, you know, you can sit at a table or you can sit at these nice couches and like we shared an app and some drinks with friends in December, um, there. And it's a really like, there are a lot of these nice little spaces you can find even just walking around Riverside is nice, but yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a, just doing a tour of Riverside would yeah. be a really great way to spend Well, and time. you can also do the horse. That's carriage. what I was going to bring up He looked over at me and I was like, you thought you were going to say this, but I'm going to say this. We went on a little horse and carriage ride through um, French Quarter on our honeymoon. Um, they start at Riverside. Um, again, you can do the boats back and forth from Disney Springs from there. there. You can rent bicycles. You can fish. Like There are all kinds of things you can do at the resorts. Um, but again, even just going around and seeing the different ones so that you get an idea of where you want to stay or don't want to stay. We're pretty set in our, our ways at this point of what we like. Um, but it's still definitely a fun thing to do. So fishing, just fair warning, you can't do any evening fishing or anything, but if you have a like fairly early flight out, but you want to find something to do and you're staying at Riverside, just get up early and go fishing. Yeah. Dude, definitely get up early. I that don't great. get up early. On vacation, <laughs> but if you, I've um, seen people doing it and they all looked happy. So we've so. like hammered on resort hopping. Um, Disney Springs again feels kind of obvious, like because it's Disney Springs, right? Um, uh, one thing we do like to do, we've done it a f- couple trips, see a movie there. Like absolutely, just go over to Disney Springs and see a movie. That's where we saw Captain Marvel. Um, any other other things? I mean, there's mini golf. We've never done the mini golf. <laughs> 
Fantasia Gardens or whatever. Um, oh, one thing. One thing I will say is Disney Springs. Even though, uh, yes, it's a little bit less magic because there's an awful lot of just retail, retail, retail. Um, but there are some pretty cool restaurants there that you can get reservations for. So you can book a reservation uh, at at a restaurant in Disney Springs, and you know some of them are kind of themed and stuff too. So um, it's worth it's worth looking at those too if you're just looking for. Uh, an excuse to do something, but don't want to, you know, do a whole park ticket for two hours of park. Yeah. And for me, it still feels like medium magical because right. I'm like, I'm at Disney. So like, it's fun to go over there because it feels enough themed that you're like, well, I'm not in the normal world, even though you're like surrounded by retail. I mean, if they made Disney Springs malls around the country, I would go there for sure. So, you know, Toast. rip Disney Quest. Oh yeah, Disney Quest. Shit. <laughs> I would be like, go to Disney Quest. Right, go it was to Disney really Quest. But it's not we did a thing. Oh, yeah, well. well, I'm glad we went when we did because Agreed. it's just gone forever. But um, so be it. If those weren't enough ideas, hit us up for more ideas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, kidding. there there are other things that you can do. Definitely, um, I don't recommend leaving Disney property. Yeah, I just, just stay because, on Disney property. You know. <laughs> there is a we're... McDonald's on Disney property somewhere. <laughs> there is. Just go That's to the McDonald's. True. You could go to the McDonald's on Disney property. <laughs> And have a whole bunch of <laughs> cast members who just want their their Mickey D's giving Yee. you the 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 stare because they're they're not working right now, but <laughs> they know you're not one of them. Yeah. And now it's time for the silly shit in Disney films corner. We really should get that air horn sound. Just okay, that's fine. We don't need it now. Yeah. Okay. What the fuck is wrong with the old lady in Ratatouille? <laughs> if if you if you saw a fucking rat in your house, would your first inclination be to grab a shotgun? Really? A sh- like not not a rifle, not like a like a. Have like, you tried to shoot a rat with a rifle, Val? Jeez. Have you tried to shoot a rat with a <laughs> no. fucking shotgun? No, I haven't. If you're not a good enough shot... I mean, the thing is, your damage to potentially getting the thing ratio is still way fucking skewed with a shotgun. Like, with a rifle, you might leave... A, you're gonna damage the wall. This is gonna take your fucking windows out and shit. Like, I just don't... I, t- I love that movie, and, like, I don't... I. I know at least one of my friends watched it and was like, oh my God, that was a horrifying movie and there were guns everywhere. I'm like, whatever, I don't care. I love that movie so much. But the first five minutes, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, you you have a rat, two rats in your house. Okay, cool, got it. Like, you've been poisoning the food because you knew you had rats in the in the area. So you've been poisoning all your, your garbage to make sure that they die if they eat it. And whatever. So you see two rats. So what do you... You fucking go put more traps out. You scare them away. You go, ah! And you scare them away. And then you put more fucking traps out. And you poison more of your fucking food. You don't... Take a shotgun to your walls and woodwork and your fucking ceiling. Like, she she totaled her house. She collapsed (laughs) the whole ceiling. Your little scream there while you're talking about putting out traps was a pretty good impression of your mother, but... Oh, I was um, trying to do a good impression of the old lady, but close enough. Fair, fair. No, I... (laughs) 
This is this is also coming from the context. This is not like, you know, Val grew up in the city and has never seen guns or animals. She grew up in a right oh, no. to farm community no, no. with with I, rodents. My dad and, still has a gun safe the size of a small refrigerator. Like and I grew up watching him clean those guns. This is not about me being incredulous about guns. It's about me being incredible. Like it's about knowing how you use guns and being like, what the fuck? And also knowing how you deal with pest rodents. Like I grew up, we had chickens. We have a lot of different pets. Like there was always the like, Oh, you know, you have to watch out for mice and you have to make sure whatever. Sometimes there were rats in the neighborhood, like whatever. It's, it's a thing that happens, but you don't fucking shoot at them. Like even if you're going to shoot at squirrels, use a fucking BB gun. Like who the has a shotgun in her house ready to shoot at specifically rats. Cause, and then she gets more ammo. Like, it's not like she shoots at one of them, <laughs> like, biffs her fucking wall out and is like, oh shit, that was dumb. I'm an idiot. I should stop. No, 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 no. She fucking gets more ammo and then shoots out her ceiling. And it's like a single floor house. That's her attic. She collapsed her ceiling. Like, there's no... <laughs> house anymore the sequel's gonna actually be about that woman and the terrible aftermath of her trying to shoot so much i'm like you're ruining your fucking gorgeous little cottage in the fucking french countryside maybe it's just a cultural difference maybe people in the french countryside do just shoot up their homes and they're just such skilled i'm pretty sure no yeah no i'm pretty sure i just i just like couldn't it's such a funny, like, obviously that's not the biggest suspension of disbelief piece in the film. No. Like, clear, <laughs> oh, really? clearly. <laughs> but it's just such a weird, like, it just makes absolutely no sense. Just none at all. Also, yeah. they do the stupid try to shoot the gun and the umbrella poofs out thing, which is not what happens if you shoot a gun with an umbrella stuck in the end. Uh, that's kind of canonical cartoon. <laughs> it's but... true. That at least is. I mean, right. just the gunshot stuff. Like, oh, uh, and I guess the, again, also cartoon, but like, it's just. It's a, it is kind of a, I I know that the whole point is to make it scary and dramatic in the yeah, beginning, yeah. but I agree it is kind of a like well that's a choice right choices like. were made, <laughs> it's a weird one. Oh man. That's all for this week, friends. We uh, we have again. If you have feedback or questions, or you want planning advice or opinions on something, or, or if, if you're you like, notice hey, some silly shit, shit, you lost it. You you missed a fucking news item. <laughs> yeah, we probably we will. And, I mean, we don't and really do cover news, news items, routine. right? Yeah. This is not a news podcast. It's the we news happen Val to happened news. to notice and put in the show notes, <laughs> right? Or the the news that Val was excited enough about to actually share yeah. with the whole world. Yeah, the whole world. The whole world just in podcast husband. form. Uh, yeah, com. Click contact. We have a contact form. Uh, we are at board and sassy on Twitter. Or again, most of you are our friends. Just shoot us a comment or a message on Facebook if you have anything you'd like us to discuss. Or again, we love giving our opinions on shit, clearly, um, and especially about the Disney parks. So if you have questions, we need to start planning a trip soon because I don't have a countdown on my phone and it's driving me up a wall. So um, <laughs> we'll probably be planning one soon. So if you have planning questions, maybe I know MDE might have changed a little again. Um, we can always review how the site's working or whatever. But if you have questions or topic ideas or anything like that, 
If you need advice on, just let us know. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs> what? I was just laughing. You usually tell oh, me okay. to laugh. Yeah, that's true. Laughing's important. Bitch. Ha ha ha. Ah 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 ah. Okay. Okay. What? Yeah.